Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. We are celebrating Camping Sunday today. Now, uh, if you watched my Wednesday video, you've already heard me say this, but I'm going to say it again. I grew up in a church, a United Methodist church that was good and cared and had a good children's ministry and all that, but it was a church that didn't have a very strong camping culture. And, and when I was growing up, I, I honestly didn't know much about what summer camp was. You, know, you hear about summer camp in like sitcoms and books and that kind of thing, but that's all the further I thought about it. But once I became a pastor and I saw just how much our camps do and what kind of an experience uh, kids and youth have when they go away for a little while off into the wilderness, a very biblical metaphor by the way, it's amazing what God can do. Uh, And so uh, this morning I invited Janice Jap from Camp Fontenelle, which is about an hour north of here, about an hour or so uh, north of here. uh, And Uh, When the uh, pandemic first started, uh, we did a little mission trip up there. Uh, We called it a socially distant mission trip. Uh, I split logs with my son, and even just a one-day log-splitting trip was enough to make it a truly meaningful experience. So I hope you'll learn more about it, and uh, if you are a kid or a youth, if you are a parent, if you are a grandparent, I hope that you will uh, consider doing even more, too. So Janice, welcome. Come on up. So you can see, what's in a name? That's actually our theme at Camp Fontenelle this year, uh, what's in a name? And here, I live in Omaha, I live on a cul-de-sac, and sometimes even on the cul-de-sac, there are people that I do not know by name. I have discovered as a pastor that once you start to know somebody's name, then your relationship with them gets to grow. You don't just say that lady who sits there on the left. You know them. You discover who they are. You learn more about their talents and their skills. And our story in Exodus is about a God who knows Moses' name. And it's a story about how God is in a relationship with the people. God cares. God knows the sufferings of the people. And I don't know about you, but certainly in the pandemic or just in life, we can feel like we're suffering. And we ask ourselves, does God know? Does God really know that I'm suffering? And the answer in scripture is, of course, yes. Even when we don't feel it, scripture says that God sees, God knows, and God cares. And if you remember only one thing from the message, the basic thing to remember is the same message that you would get at camp. God sees. God knows you. God cares about you. Camp sees you. Camp wants to know you. Camp cares about you. So in the scripture, God calls Moses to deliver the people from slavery. And you will notice in the scripture that Moses is not prepared for this because we often do not expect that God wants to use us as part of the plan. Now, Tom, 
you might be just the person that God is calling to help someone in their suffering, but he's a pastor. It could be someone else. God wants you to be part of the plan, to help someone who is discouraged, who is suffering, who is alone. It, the answer may not be out there somewhere else. The answer is more likely to be right here in this room, that we are the answer that God has in mind to the problems that we see around us. Now, I've got a slide here to show you my kids. You can see in the upper left-hand corner, some 20 years ago, my son, Walter. He arrived at Camp Fontenelle as a preschooler, and it was pretty early when we first got there because I was still there to take a picture of him right then. And right away, he was greeted by a camp counselor who wanted to know him and get to know his name. And I found over the years that um, my kids, being PKs, preacher's kids, they went to church a lot every Sunday. In fact, multiple times a week. And I found sometimes when you're the preacher's kid, you're not always as excited to go as what the parents would wish. I might have to drag them, literally, sometimes to go to church, but I never had to drag them to go to Camp Fontenelle. Because when you go to camp, you start to experience God in a different way. And in the upper right-hand corner, you can see much older kids. You can see my daughter, Evangeline, and my son, Walter. And I don't know if you recognize the person on the left in that picture, but that is the famous Braden Garwood. And when I first went to Camp Fontenelle with my kids, I thought I was really funny, and I asked that, that guy at the time who was a camp counselor, and I said, well, who's your grandparent? Who's your grandpa? I mean, everybody here at camp who's a counselor has some kind of clergy connection, right? Who's your grandpa? And he said, Lauren Ekdahl. And Braden has a life that has been touched year after year after year. In fact, he is still a part of Camp Fontenelle and goes every year to help lead a camp. Now, in that bottom picture, we see Walter and Evangeline, myself and my husband, Ed. And that's a meaningful picture for me because after so many years, when they went to camp voluntarily, they heard a call to themselves be a camp counselor. And I got to tell you, my son Walter was a little hard to handle at times. Shh. I don't know if he knows that, but I know that. And when he was a camp counselor, he and his uh, sister, who were camp counselors at the same time, they came home during the summer and they'd be singing the songs and chattering about what was happening at camp. They just loved it. And he would come home and he actually said during that summer, I think I'm going to be a better parent because I've been a camp counselor. It's like, he said, I can't believe it, but some of these kids misbehave just because they can. And I thought, jeez, uh, don't you know what you put me through? And I honestly believe now that Walter has the job that he has, and no, it's not camp counselor. He's an accountant 
in Iowa. But I believe that when he put on his resume that he was a camp counselor, that firm said, he's the kind of person that we want to work with us. And he is learning still and growing and serving. So when God calls your name, Walter, Evangeline, what do you say? Thinking about the scripture, sometimes people make excuses. Like the very first excuse from Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? It's a question about identity. I mean, I'm nobody special. That's what Moses says. I'm just a shepherd, or maybe I'm just a farmer. I'm a retired school teacher. I'm a retired pastor. Who am I? Forty years ago, Moses was somebody. He was the prince of Egypt. He was educated and wise and powerful, but that was a long time ago when he had status and influence and connections. And now he's just a shepherd, tending to his father-in-law's flock. I said the same thing to God recently. Um, so I'm 63, and I've noticed how many clergy are thinking about retiring about this age. By the way, 60 is the new 40, so think of me as 43. I've got a lot of years left, but, huh. So when I was reflecting, God, what is ahead for me? It seemed like the answer was, I will make a way. In fact, that's one of the things that we often call God, God who makes a way where there is no way, the way maker God. So when Moses says, who am I? Moses is looking to the wrong person, I. He looked at himself. He looked at his name, his status, his influence, what he could do to convince Pharaoh. And it's not primarily about Moses. And God says, I will be with you. So, like Moses, we are called to place our confidence in God and not in ourselves, Because Moses literally did not have what it took to pull it off. Without God, he is nothing. But with God, he is everything that God wants him to be. He can challenge Pharaoh, not because Moses is great, but because God who is with him is great. Who am I? You are a beloved child of God, and you are someone that God wants to partner with in mission to the world. Our confidence is in God and not in ourselves. And when God says our name, God also wants us to put our trust in God and not in ourselves. Because over and over again, I find, and maybe you will find, that the real challenge in doing God's will is not the battle that we fight on the outside, but really the battle that we fight on the inside. Can we really trust God? Or are we really just depending upon our own strength? When we look for resources, 
do we look to God? Well, that was the first excuse. Second excuse, and he's got a ton of them. What should I tell them? So Moses says, suppose I go to Pharaoh and say, the God of our ancestors has sent me to you. And they say, what is his name? Then what am I going to say? That's a question about credibility. Who are you? Who asked you to come? What's your authority to tell us what to do? And there's an answer in scripture. The Lord says, I am who I am. Tell them, I am has sent me to you. It's a story about God who reveals who God is. And God is revealing not only God's name, but many things that will happen. So like when somebody says, who's that guy over there? And they say, well, that's our pastor. And they say, what's his name? Our pastor's name is Jeff. So when we go to Pharaoh and they say, what is your God's name? They have an answer. The holy name I am. In Hebrew, we pronounce it Yahweh. This is my name for all generations. And not only did God reveal the name, but also God made assurances that God will be with him and perform mighty works like those plagues. More excuses, though. Excuse after excuse. Excuse number three. What if? What if is a question about faith. What if it doesn't work? What if they don't like what I say? What if they don't believe me? What if it's too hard? There's no end to the what ifs that Moses himself encountered. And whenever you come up with a what if, I often return to Philippians chapter four, verse six. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And what really annoys me about this scripture passage, if you look at it, there are no exceptions. Have no anxiety about anything. Have no anxiety about how your kid is going to do in school. Have no anxiety about whether you are going to get a job. Have no anxiety about your health or your loved one. Have no anxiety about what is going to happen to the church. Have no anxiety about anything. Which is basically the invitation that God is also making to Moses. And God patiently demonstrates what God can do through Moses. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And it wasn't just signs for the Egyptians. Moses himself needed assurance about what, can, what God can do. So up through this time in the scripture, we have read about what God will do through Moses. 
What about the other way around? What can Moses do with God? Now, it's not really what we can do for God. It's really what God wants to do with us and through us because God wants to partner with you for you to cooperate in mission and ministry so that God can be with us and allow us to be saved from our own slavery to sin, to give our life meaning and purpose. And I can remember at some of the earlier churches that I served, at one time, uh, quite a few years ago, I was visiting with a family in their home, Mr. and Mrs. And Mrs. was telling me a story about what had happened years ago. So I guess it's not a story about me in this sense, but she said, you know, we used to wonder whether this was the right church for us. Because we weren't sure we were getting anything out of it. It's like, you know, what do, why are we here? What are we getting from it? And she said, then my husband and I decided that was the wrong question. The question really is, what can we give? And she said, when we started to focus on what we can give, then we found everything all turned around and we were just receiving so much more than we were giving. And that is what God wants to do with you in your life so that when you cooperate with God, you will receive much, much more than you are giving. And yet there's still another excuse. Excuse number four, I am not good enough. That's what Moses was saying. It's a question about ability, and he still lacks confidence. There are so many people better than me, so many people more talented. And this was obviously true with Moses. He had a brother, Aaron, who was a much better speaker, much more capable, and yet God wanted Moses. God chose Moses. God wanted to do the job through Moses. And God is not angry with us because we have doubts. God comes to show us and assure us. God is not stopped by our lack of confidence. But Moses needs to have a turnaround in his own understanding. He's been focusing too much upon himself. Over and over again, he refers to himself. His name, his status, his credibility, his influence, his standing, his abilities. And God knows it's not about us. We do not serve God well if we are always focusing on ourselves. We put our confidence in us, but that's not where the foundation of our trust is. God wants us to trust what God can do and will do through you. God wants us to look to God. And there was another time in my ministry where this became very clear to me. This is a, happens to be a picture of me with a confirmation class that I had at Gretna, and the person on the right-hand side standing right in front of me is my daughter, Evangeline. 
Both my son, Walter, and my daughter, Evangeline, were confirmed by me at the church in Gretna. And when I was serving at the church at Gretna, it still is, Gretna is a happening place, right? It's a booming area. And I had a little staff, but we had a lot of things going on at the church. We didn't have enough money. We didn't have enough space. We didn't have enough people helping. And uh, we had a lot of things that we had to deal with. And I can remember sitting in the uh, pastor's office with my little bitty staff and, and admitting to them that there was more here than what I could handle. You know, there's like big things going on, big issues, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how we're supposed to address everything that's going on. And I said to them, it's clear to me that I don't have what it takes and I've got to depend upon God. God has got to get us through this because it's not gonna be me. I don't know what we're gonna do. And I said, it seems to me that that is exactly what God wants us to understand. God wants us to come to a place where we say, yes, God, I will depend upon you. Because up until that point, it was all about what I thought we were going to do, and I would let God consult about it. You know, I can handle it, God, but here, here's my plans. You can come and be part of it. But at a point where it was too much, I know that I need God. And that is what God wants us to come to understand. So is the God of Exodus worthy of our trust? And the answer is yes, right? Moses learned to trust God. All the excuses fell away because God did not call somebody who was qualified. Instead, God qualified the one that God called. And Moses found what really was in God's name, God's character. I am. I am with you. I am for you. I am the one you can trust. And yes, when you go to camp, that's what you're going to learn. There's a video. Camper Gunner is going to tell us just a little bit about what Camper Gunner learned about God at camp. Hello. My name is Gunnar Shaver. I am from Orchard, and Camp Fonell has always been very special to me. As a kid, I was attached to home and never really left my comfort zone very much. This made leaving home a little stressful for me. It would happen very often at sleepovers and being away from home for at least one night. One year at Camp Fonell, this all changed. As I watched my parents leave, I felt that same gut feeling that always happened, except this time, I was reminded that God was with me. Knowing this made me realize that my comfort zone wasn't as important as I thought because God was with me. And He is more important. 
He had opened my eyes and directed them to Him instead of what I thought I needed. That day was one of the most important days in my life because I had matured through Christ. This had reminded me of the story when Jesus had walked on water and Peter wanted to join Him. It was like I had stepped out onto the water and focused on Jesus instead of what was around and beneath me. Since this had focused my eyes on Him, He was able to talk to me. That whole week, I saw the beauty of camp better than ever before, and I just absolutely loved it. That has made me want to become a counselor, and I can't wait until the day that I do become one. Coming to Camp Fontenelle has changed my life for the better, and I feel that it could change yours too. Remember that if you are feeling scared, that God is with you all the time because He is a good and gracious God. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.